0: and welcome back to another episode of Beyond the To-Do List. I'm your host, Eric Fisher. This is the podcast where we talk to the people behind the productivity. This week I'm talking with Brett Kelly of Evernote Essentials. That's a book he wrote a while ago about that ubiquitous capture app, Evernote. And he used to work at Evernote, but now he does not. And we'll get into that a little bit. We'll, t- we'll talk about where his productivity origin story came from and his kind of path through to writing the book how that happened. We'll talk about some killer Evernote tips, what it can be good for, what it is good for, what you might use it for, some unusual case usages. Usages is not a word, but maybe it should be. But first, I want to let you know that this episode is brought to you by Boomerang for Gmail. I was just on New Business Networking Radio, the podcast by Dave Delaney. And in my episode, he even brings up Boomerang. And I was like, that's so cool. Like, that's my sponsor. So uh, yeah, he talked about how Boomerang is a pretty cool, plugin for Gmail that he uses to have a kind of a, a checks and balances or a, a reminder come back round when he's contacted somebody via email in terms of networking. It, it reminds him to come back around and follow up, which is exactly what Boomerang, <laughs> it, it goes and comes back. That, I mean, how much more simple can it be? Boomerang for Gmail is awesome emails that way we communicate with with everybody, you know, aside from how awesome social media can be and is made out to be. It's funny cuz we still heavily rely on email. And one of the great things about Boomerang for Gmail is that it adds that powerful functionality right into your Gmail interface so that you can just open your browser, go to Gmail and start using it. And the fact that you can snooze emails till you need them That you can track your replies to your email so you don't forget. You can schedule emails to be sent at any time in the future. And it's available cross-platform. I mean, you can use it in Chrome, Firefox, Safari, and Android. Again, you need to try this out. It's free. Listeners of the Beyond the To-Do List podcast get a special offer to try Boomerang for 60 days. Go to boomeranggmail.com. slash T-O-D-O. That's to-do, T-O-D-O, for your free 60-day trial of Boomerang Professional. Again, that's boomeranggmail.com slash to-do for a free 60-day trial of Boomerang Professional. This week, it is my privilege to talk with one of, I guess, yeah, you know what? I'm going to go ahead and say it. One of my kind of productivity... Uh, peers or gurus? I hate that word. <laughs> Brett Kelly, thanks. <laughs> welcome to the show, Brett. <laughs> thanks, Eric. So I've already ruined this interview by calling you a guru. So where else can we go?
1: Oh boy. Um.
0: Um, I'll go ahead and say you're the ever guru. There you go. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> now that we've hit the low point of the the conversation, we can we have nowhere to go but up. Exactly. So, going up. Uh, Brett, you're most known for being referred to or at least i'm most familiar with your name being associated and attached to that ubiquitous product evernote yes. that syncs everything everywhere and the the word evernote and productivity are almost like if you probably did a google search it'd be surprised how many times you you know you saw those get attached but um i i want to talk about evernote but i want to hold off on it Yeah, I want you and I to have a conversation about Evernote that's almost like part two, but be contained still in the same podcast episode. Okay. Before we go there, like, I just got to ask, so I know you're a programmer and a writer and that you didn't finish college and all these – you have a very unique story, in other words, and I kind of want to spend some time starting there. And I don't know all the answers to these questions, so – it's almost Uh-oh. like, hey, somebody introduced us, we sat down, we're having coffee, and I'm like, so – all right, so how did you wh- – what did you start – what was like one of your first jobs, like in coding and stuff like that? And how the heck did you con- get connected to productivity?
1: The productivity thing – was around the time I got it hooked up with the programming job, oddly enough. <laughs> this is going to sound like a really vanilla <laughs> beginning that most people probably already <laughs> know and share. But like I I kept forgetting crap, like – a lot, so I my wife would you know text me during the day, be like or call me or whatever. Say, hey, just before texting was a huge thing. Hey, can you get you know a gallon of milk on your way home or whatever? And yeah, totally. And then I would completely forget five seconds later, and that was one of the smaller examples. But it was stuff like that mm-hmm. where I'd wake up one morning and be like, Oh crap, I was supposed to have this thing done by an hour ago, and you know, so I started looking around. And that's sort of around the time I got acquainted with uh, our friend Merlin and getting things done and all that stuff. And I bought the book, anything's done, read it over like a Saturday. And, you know, to say it changed my life is a little bit dramatic, but <laughs> it was a, it had a lot of, it, it, it impacted me greatly. So.
0: Okay. So let me stop you there. How many times yeah. have you read the book? Cause I know everybody like reads it five, six times. And then each time it's a new book. Has that happened to you?
1: Uh, no, I think I've read it. And this was, so the time period I'm describing was like 2006, I think. Mm-hmm. Okay. So I've probably read it, three times maybe four all told um and i haven't read it recently
0: called off because he's coming out with a new edition
1: is he really yeah has it been updated at all nope since oh wow is it gonna it's gonna remove like (laughs) the words pda and
0: (laughs) (laughs) yes the the word smartphone will be the probably the biggest
1: change in there yeah i'm really looking forward to
0: it it should be interesting
1: yeah well you know make some more money too yeah well there you go you know I'm, I'm I'm such a cynic. Sorry, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. So I got, got the book, and I yeah, I've only read it a couple of a few handful of times over the years. But it like I, I wanted to start. I had a blog that I was writing sort of off and on first a few years beforehand. That's long since dead. It was just sort of a personal goofball journal thing that I wrote that nobody cared about. Um, and so I started a blog about getting things done about productivity just because I was interested in it, and I found. Over such a short period of time, making such modest changes to my own how I did stuff, I saw such grand results. And I was like, holy crap, this is really cool. And it was more or less, and it's another thing people say a lot, but more or less a diary of stuff that I tried and that worked and that didn't. So that was the productivity business. And that has sort of carried on in fits and starts over the years. I kind of have had like a love-hate thing with getting things done for a long time. Mm-hmm. It's, you know, I, I still mostly love it. Sometimes I hate it. It's still it's still something I more or less do. And let's see, the programming thing. Yeah, your 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 assessment of my early life was correct. I did not finish college, barely <laughs> barely started, and I didn't even know that I wanted to do technology or anything related to it until I was well after that point. I'd had a lot of oddball bullcrap jobs that I didn't like. I went to a like vocational, like here's how to become a MCSE kind of school back when MCSE was a thing in two thousand or so. I went and I learned how to do computer networks and stuff like that for, for like six months. And it was kind of a dumpy thing. But anyway, got got a job doing that, doing like tech support. And then I was like a network admin kind of thing for a while. And then I just sort of discovered that like programming was really interesting to me. And I had no formal education in it or anything like that. But I just started buying uh, books and spending a lot of time in like IRC uh, for various programming languages and with friends on different message boards and stuff like that. And more or less cobbled together my own... <laughs> Home study course, if you will. (laughs) I did that for about two years, like sort of nights and weekends. This is before we had kids, so I had a lot more free time. And after doing that, around the the 2005 6 time period, I got a job doing tech support for this company that did like window coverings, but they had their own in house software team of like nine guys, nine people, excuse me. And I really wanted to get into programming, but I had no qualifications. I didn't, I mean, I knew how to do it sort of, but I, I couldn't point to a degree or any other jobs. So I more or less just made friends with the project manager there and bothered her until she let me do some like menial coding tasks and over time I wore them down until they let me work in that department like half time and then they needed this one kind of programming done that I randomly knew how to do and no one else in the department did so then they brought me over full time and that's sort of how my <laughs> illustrious <laughs> programming career got started. Nice. But so yeah. So when was it that the
0: the new and updated uh Evernote came out. Do you remember? The,
1: it was 2008.
0: Okay, yeah. so somewhere along there between 2008, I mean, you're already you're already coding. You're already um, into productivity. Yes. And Evernote comes out in 2008. How did you get introduced to it? Uh,
1: my friend Glenn Stansberry. Um, he makes a site called GentleMint.com. It's like Pinterest for manly uh, yes. stuff. Anyway, I'm
0: familiar.
1: Uh, he and I have known each other for. Freaking ever. And he pinged me an email. He's like, Have you heard of this Evernote thing? And this was during the private beta. He's like, Let me send you an invite. You can check it out. Sounds pretty cool. And used it for an hour. I was like, Wait a minute. So I can put my crap in here and then go home and fire it up on my Mac and have it there. And I'm, you know, the phone wasn't around yet. But, well, the phone was used, but the app store didn't exist yet. So yeah. And like, it took to it really, really early and really, really loved it. So I started using the crap out of it. And then I wrote a book about it about about a year and a half later.
0: (laughs) Yeah. I feel like when Evernote first came out, it was like that first time I ever felt what the promise of well, Apple all along saying, "Let's see, what was it? What they have before iCloud? It was something else. Uh, mobile me, mobile me. Oh my gosh. Oh boy. <laughs> anyway, um, it was that first promise of what the cloud could be, and you know, a year or so later, very soon after Evernote, Dropbox started to show people oh, you mean you can throw a file in this folder and it will also be in that same corresponding folder when I get back home and I don't need to carry a flash drive to and from work? Okay.
1: <laughs> yeah. So,
0: and, and Evernote was basically that for, at least at first, uh, text only, and then images and audio and, I don't
1: know, does it do video? I haven't even ever tried a video. You could, Well, you can put a video so file in a note as long as it's yeah. below the file size, but yeah, it doesn't, yeah. I don't know why you'd do that. That's that, That's
0: some abnormal use there, but. I'm sure right. somebody's doing it. I'm sure. But what made your productive mind fall in love? I hope you fell in love with it because you wrote a book about it. <laughs> what What made you think, hey, I should write a book about this?
1: It was a combination of a couple of things, like wishing that there were – it was sort of the book I wish existed is what I was trying to uh. do because I – have when I first started using it, the, the documentation was pretty sparse <laughs> and not very good. Um, and there were a lot of people blogging about it because it kind of was – sorry, uh, kind of like a, a darling of Silicon Valley. Like it was a new startup that everyone was really digging, and it was taking off and doing really well. But it was – yeah, the, there was a lot of people, like I said, blogging about it, and the community around it was getting big and antsy. But I was like, yeah, oh, there's no no good documents about this and how to use it. And not, not just like if you click here, this will happen, but like practices and how, how to – Get the most out of using it. Um, and I had used it, like I said, pretty aggressively for a good amount of time. And I thought, well, you know what? I could, I could write that freaking book. So I, that's, and there was that coupled with the fact that I wanted to make some extra dough, you know, naturally. But yeah, I was, and it was just an interesting exercise and also wanting to sort of stretch my entrepreneurial muscle since I hadn't really done that up to that point and see, okay, well, I, I know a lot of people who write these ebooks and sell them on their websites. Like, well, I wonder if I can do that. And I'd been writing, you know, blogging off and on for like a decade by that point. So it was right. I was not I'm not a stranger to writing short Mm -hmm. stuff, at least. uh, Mm -hmm. But writing a book was obviously a different different beast. But yeah, so that was more or less the reason.
0: And so I'm glad you brought up that the whole writing a book can be a beast thing is very because it's this larger project, and it's it the book itself, Evernote Essentials, is not you know, a behemoth compared to other eBooks, it's, it's larger and it's definitely yep. cleaner and more robust and, and all that. What was your writing process for that? Because it wasn't like, Hey, I've got a, although I don't think you were blogging, like on any kind of a, you you were ba- basically blogging whenever the heck you felt like it. You weren't like, I must have a post on every Monday so that I have the right SEO and traffic and <laughs> right, you know, so in order to get the book out there, and I know at some point you basically stalled out and then there's more to the story, but what was your writing process in terms of like, were you doing hustling during your lunch hour or, you know, you did you have your kids yet? And that was part of it. So, I mean, how did you manage that where it's like, well, I'm going to get up early. I'm going to stay up late. I'm going to work on lunch hours, that kind of thing. Yeah, it was
1: a lot of lunch hours for sure. Um, strategically taking sick days that I had accrued at my, Job I was working at the time, um, yeah. Nice and weekends. Like I, it's funny because when I wrote the first like draft of it, the first ninety percent of it, like I wrote it really, really fast, and it, just because I I didn't have to sit down and like look at Evernote and see make sure what I'm saying is correct. Like I used it so much, I just knew that what I was saying was true of the app as I was writing it. Mm-hmm. So I just sort of puked out all these words and they were okay. But then it got as it got later on after like during when it came time to ship the thing and I had to do a lot more of the arduous editing and revising and that the stuff that everyone hates. Well, at least I hate. <laughs> um and that was more okay, I'm I'm gonna take this long Saturday and, you know, say goodbye to the family for a while and get up, you know, get, leave the house at six AM, come back at ten o'clock that night, do like big long pushes where I just sort of grin and bear through all the stuff I yeah, like stuff I don't like doing. Yeah. It didn't take like a year or anything to write the book. It probably took me all told like 120 hours or so from soup to nuts. Okay. Which that's the first version the edits and stuff for later revisions were right. a whole different story, but yeah.
0: So then at, at some point here, I know that you basically, you wanted to, your branding to, to look for the book to look like Evernote as much as possible. And so you contacted them and, and then you essentially ended up working for them.
1: Right. Well, this is before I actually. Before I wrote, started writing the book at all. I had the idea. Oh, okay. And I was, um, yeah. So this was, yeah, this was in two thousand January two thousand ten. Um, I emailed their whatever general purpose bucket email on the website. I didn't know anybody there. Um, said, hey, I want to write a book about you guys. Can I call it? Can I use the word Evernote in the name? And can I use the elephant logo? And they, I, Andrew, the VP of marketing, uh, replied and said, that's an awesome idea. We'd love for you to do this. Holy crap! Please do it. We'll help you promote it. Blah blah. blah you can use Evernote, don't use the elephant. I was like, okay. So a few months later, we, I started showing them drafts of what I'd written and they really dug it. And they offered me a job writing user documentation for them. And I worked there for just over four years. I left like a week and a half ago as I, as I'm right. saying this.
0: Yeah. Which is, which is crazy. Cause I, I was like, Oh, we already had this, this talk scheduled. And then you come out <laughs> with this post saying, well, I don't work there anymore. And I'm like, <laughs> Oh crap. <laughs> well then what are we going to talk Well, what's what's great? Is, so let's talk about that. Like I know that you you really enjoyed working there. I mean, it was kind of a Or, at least it used to be, join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to find and hire great talent fast. In fact, in the minute I've been talking to you, 23 hires were made on Indeed according to Indeed data worldwide. And listeners of the show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash to-do list. Just go to Indeed.com slash to-do list right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash to-do list. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's something that works so well it basically feels like magic? For me, I'm thinking air conditioning, noise canceling headphones, definitely, meeting free Fridays. What about selling with Shopify? checkout 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms and sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify magic your AI powered all-star sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash beyond again go to shopify.com slash beyond now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash beyond another day is here and you're ready for it what to wear check breakfast lunch and dinner check you wrote the book. Like they were thrilled to have you, somebody who was passionate about their product, on their, you know, team and everything. Talk a little bit about what was that like? Like you got to work from home.
1: Yes. Yeah, that was that was the first time I'd ever had like a full remote job. Like I'd worked at home, you know, on random days at other jobs I've had. But yeah, it was my first work at home job, which took some getting used to, and working for. I don't know because Evernote, Evernote grew like crazy during the time I was there. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I, I was in the, I, I think I was earlier, I was like employee number 38 or 39 or something when I got hired. And, you know, when I left a week and a half ago, they are up to like 350 employees or something. So they grew almost like, 10 times the number of employees. Wow. And the company changed a lot. Obviously, when you get that big, things have to be different. I don't know. It's sort of like when you, you like you're, you live next door to somebody or you have like a, a sibling that you see every single day and then they leave for six months and they come back and you're like, holy crap, you've like lost 50 pounds or you're like way tanner than I remember you or whatever. Like that's sort of how it was when I would go go visit Evernote because I, I wouldn't be there for like two or three months at a time or longer. And then I'd go visit and there'd be like 15 new people and the office would look really different and they'd be fuller and they would have the new, (laughs) these new conference rooms would be setting up and the new policies were in place. And just watching this company grow really, really fast was kind of a trip. Yeah, as far as the work, it was, you know, mostly just writing about Evernote, which I had, (laughs) I'd done a bit of. Yeah. So was, uh, rarely was it difficult and it was interesting most of the time. And I got to do some programming stuff earlier on and some near the end of when I worked there too. So that was, it was it's a fantastic company and I would if you have the means, I would highly recommend working there. Nice.
0: So when you discovered, hey, they want you and you're like, well, yeah, if I don't have to move and they let you stay and you get to work at home, like coming I mean, because that cause I'm in that boat now as well myself. I'm I'm working at home and it's it's definitely been a transition. What are some of the things that you know for you you think oh, this will be awesome. And then you get home and you're like, oh, I didn't think it would be this different. I don't. How am I going to get my stuff done? And you know, what are some of those things that somebody coming from an office day job to a at-home office type situation um, think it's going to be like? And what, like, what are some of those misconceptions?
1: I think the biggest thing that I realized after I started working at home that I missed about having an office job, well, there's a few things. The commute, believe it or not. Yeah. Not not that I love driving, you know, because the job the job I had before Evernote, I drove, like, 30 to 40 minutes each way, which is not absurd for where I live. Like, it's Southern California, so some people drive twice that long or more. But just having those two, like, buffer periods between or before and after work. Mm-hmm. So when I, you know, when I get to work, when I'm driving to work, it's like, okay, I have half an hour to, like, gear my mind up for, okay, we we're going to start work in a few minutes. And when I'm done with work, I have, okay, now you're going home to be with, a, you know, two small kids and a wife and, you know, a family and a house and stuff. Like I just had time to sort of mentally transition between work and not work. And working at home, like my commute is now, you know, three seconds. <laughs> <laughs> like I stand up from my desk, I walk out into the other room, my family's there, and they're like, hey, welcome, you know, how's it going? Let's play, let's do stuff. And if the day's been really hard or really or I'm really, really tired, Like, I haven't had that time to sort of mentally prepare for. I have these two kids who want to hang out and jump around and wrestle and play, stuff like that. So, a commute is, you know, obviously up to an extent, I think it's a decent thing to do. And I tried taking walks before and after work and just like that. It never really worked out super great. But um, yeah, the commute was really valuable. And being in the same building all the time, (laughs) even if it's your own home. Yes is a little bit maddening. And I never really struggled with like the whole when does work start and stop thing. Like I've always been pretty like rigid about when I'm working and when I'm not. Yeah, just I gotta get the hell out of here sometimes. Like I have to go, yeah, you know what today I'm gonna go work literally anywhere else. Like if I if I can find Wi-Fi in a place to sit, I'm gonna work there. Because not <laughs> I love you all, but I can't I just don't want to be here for right. a little while. Yeah. And the third thing is you feel really disconnected from the culture at least i did cuz i'd be you know i'd be talking or chatting on like i am or skype with uh, coworkers sort of not every day all the time but you know regularly and you know my boss would be like oh man it's crazy up here cuz such and such feature is launching or this new thing is happening and i'm sitting here in the same room with the same level of tension or lack of it that i've always have and i can't like feel what's going on with the rest of my team or with the rest of the company obviously cuz i'm not there and I don't know. Like whenever I, cause I would go visit periodically, stay for a couple of days, and just work in the office, not for no other reason than just be around the people I worked with. And it was really cool because then I just felt like, and I could talk about them, but like, you know, hey, how's that sandwich? Because when you're working from home, just about every conversation you have with a coworker is about work. Right. You you don't just chit chat because you know you just at least I never did. Like if I needed to talk to them, I like I and it involved like emails and calendars a lot of the time when I wanted to have a five minute conversation with somebody. I didn't know if they're at their desk or what they're doing. I could just lean over the cube wall and go, Hey, can you come look at this? Uh Everything became a bigger deal. But basically, what I'm describing is all all the stuff I didn't like about working from home and assume that I like everything else because working from home is pretty amazing. Like being able to roll out of bed and make a cup of coffee and walk into my office, like, Yeah, yeah, here we are. We're at work. I'm here. And go hang out with my kids, have lunch with my family is awesome. Like, really, really cool. But there's definitely trade offs for sure.
0: So, did it take you a while to get accustomed to the pros and cons, and kind of figure out the trade-off?
1: Yes, yes, it did. Um, do you feel like you're there now, though? Um, well, I just right about the time that I kind of got used to doing it, I went ahead and screwed up even more by quitting my job. <laughs> so <laughs> now my my job, such as it is, doesn't isn't really a job. It's sort of well, Daddy works from this time to this time. At least he used to, and now he doesn't. Now he works sometimes. And because I'm trying to, I mean, part of the reason I left my job is I want to spend more time with my family. And so that sort of blurred the lines of when I work and when I don't. So I did complicate it by quitting the job, but I'm, I'm more or less there. And they, and and the families, we've been doing this long enough where they get it. Like when I go in the office, close the door, unless they need me for something sort of like leave me alone. And they do. That's cool.
0: Yeah. And your wife was able to quit her job because of the book, right? That's right. And so she homeschools your kids, so they're always kind of around. Yep, we are. <laughs> so that's just different. about always here. <laughs> so do they ever have to get out of the house? You're like, hey, you
1: guys got to get out of the house or something, uh, so I can uh-oh. work. Or um, they probably do no. that anyway enough. Yeah, we we we're uh, yeah we, we try to keep them busy, but. No, they – I've gotten used to working with – I mean, I, I'm wearing very big headphones right now <laughs> that, <laughs> that I can't really hear anything else outside of. Yep. So stuff like that and and just, you know, over time teaching them like, look, you can't just open the door to my office whenever you want. Like, you know those little like do not disturb door hanger signs you get at a hotel room? Right. I've got a couple of those and I when I hang one of those on the outside of the door, that means I'm either on the phone or like doing something that can't – I mean – I'm place places on fire. Like, don't open the door and don't bother me.
0: You know what? And I, I need to. I, you. I don't know why I have not thought to do that yet, and I'm writing myself a note to get <laughs> some
1: of those. It's awesome. It helps a lot. <laughs> Takes a while to like get a, you know get the, the habit or the understanding, but yeah. yeah, it's it's really really nice.
0: So you've transitioned out. What what was? I mean, I know you wanted to spend more time with your family, but you were already kind of doing. I mean, it's one of those things where somebody would look at you and say, "But you had a good paying job and you were working forever now, and you were already doing your like." side stuff with the book and you were working from home and like, what more do you need? You
1: right. Know? Like,
0: so what, <laughs> so what's the thought process behind that? Like what kind of, I mean, how long did you know, or when did the inkling of, you know what, maybe I want to change things up again. Like what was that thought process like?
1: Um, to those people who said that like, you, you know, you sort of have it all. Why would you, whatever, why would you mess it up? It was just a matter of having too much to do and not being able to live and interact with my work and my family without feeling pulled in different directions all the time. So like the day job at Evernote was a job, like just, you know, everyone understands what that means. You work so many hours in a day, so many hours in a week. And those are sort of fixed. Like those aren't, I mean, I had flexibility if I needed it, but it wasn't, you know, it was just a job. And so I had this book thing, which took up a non-trivial amount of my time when I wasn't working and wasn't with my family. And also, you know, this book is just sort of sitting there and I'm not doing hardly anything to market it or (laughs) try to, you know, sell more of them and make whatever, make more money. And, you know, when I was with my family, it was like, okay, well, I'm getting emails from people saying, I didn't get my my book stuff or I bought your book and I want a refund or I got, you know, just any number of things that needed, quote unquote, my attention. And I, over time, I just got to the point where I was like, I, I'm too busy, I've, and I've made myself too busy. And the job at Evernote was great. But it was the one thing, because the book stuff is like, I'm a writer, I guess. Like, that's what I do is the book stuff. And the job at Evernote was a lot of writing, too. But I like having my own gig. And I didn't want to just stop selling the book because that was, I mean, it, frankly, it does too well for me to stop doing it. Yeah, right. <laughs> so I was like, okay, well, obviously, I can't just return my kids. So I need to pick one thing. And Evernote was the thing that lost, you know? and it's unfortunate and you know money wise it'll it's fine we're not in any trouble or anything right but like now i'm i'm a part-time homeschool teacher now <laughs> very part-time nice. um you know and that's cool and i i get to and, and, and in the evening when ordinarily i'd be fever feverishly like answering email or feeling like awful because i wasn't answering email mm. now i read books <laughs> or have a beer with my friends or my wife like it's Dude, the, 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 my pace of life has just slowed down so dramatically, which is exactly the result I was hoping for. And I know that I could have, you know, died with more toys if I'd kept working a job in addition to selling books and written write more books and keep, you know, killing myself, sprinting toward my own death. But I'm like, eh, <laughs> you know, not really my gig. Like, I kind of like the idea of slow and simple.
0: Yeah, that's good. So, so slower pace, more enjoyment out of life. You didn't have a necessity to to have to stay with the job, so.
1: Yeah, and I mean, for the record, let me tell you, I I do know how like luxurious of a position that is, and that almost no one can do that. And I'm I'm not suggesting that everyone, you know, you should quit your job because I think it's BS. But yeah. Um totally. but yes. So it, it is not <laughs> I am not unaware of how lucky I am, let's it's, just put it that way.
0: Although it's not as impossible as I think people make it out to be if you you know it may take people longer to get to that point to be able to do it, but if they decided to do it and they long term move towards that, it's yeah. possible. Yes. So for sure. So the book, let's talk let's talk about the book a bit here. Okay. I know that originally it was only out there for PDF. I know that I have a copy that uh is through the iBooks store. Yes. And I feel like you said you weren't going to do a Kindle copy, but I almost feel like it's out there. Is that true?
1: Yes. And yes. <laughs>
0: so I know that you were against the iBook and Kindle versions for a while. Why was that? And what made you change your mind?
1: Hmm. Okay. So the, in my initial stance, which, you know, I've obviously since changed my mind a bit and this is going to get a little businessy. So you know.
0: I, I'm ready for it. There's a okay. lot of, there's a lot of writer slash people who've self published and whatever and, and, and actually David Sparks was on here and he talked about uh oh not paperless, the other one. Email. His latest one, email. Mm-hmm. And and he just talked about, you know, you pay too much uh for the data and stuff through Kindle, plus I mean his books are almost not a book. They're a multimedia
1: pre They're experiences. Yeah. yeah. They're,
0: it's an experience. It's the David Sparks experience. <laughs> And uh, right. th- that's an emo band or something. Anyway, it should be. So um, so I, I get that whole side of the argument. But I know that you maybe had different reasons than he did because you're you're not packing them with multimedia.
1: Right. The, so my, my initial reason for not selling it anywhere th- other than through my own site was that customer like when you have a, a name and an email address of someone, you know, is interested in a certain topic and has spent money on it, that's valuable going forward. And I, I, I realize I sound like a sleazy business douche here, and I don't mean to, but that is part of running a business. So if I, can, if I know that I can say, hey, if I write another book about Dropbox or whatever, I can say, okay, well, I have a pretty good idea that the person who bought my first book about Evernote might be interested in the Dropbox book. And I can email them and say, hey, I wrote another book. You want to buy that one? You don't have to, but just it's there. That's That's useful to me. So selling through the iBook store and Amazon, you don't get access to that information because you don't get to see who buys your stuff. If you sell it through your own site through various sales systems, you do get access to that information if you set it up right. And also, I, I wanted to keep all the money that I made. I didn't want to give <laughs> chunks of it to you know distribution people like Amazon, like Amazon or Apple. Yeah. And the price point was too high. That's another thing because initially it was twenty nine bucks, twenty five bucks when I first put it out. And then, like a year later, I made it twenty nine, and it sold like gangbusters for a long time at that price. And then last, let's see, uh, last summer, Evernote launched the Evernote Market. The end of last summer, I think, early fall, around the beginning of summer, they asked me if I wanted Evernote Essentials to be in the Evernote Market, and they were like, "We're expecting a good amount of a very good amount of traffic to come through this, which will result in if the conversion rates are blah blah, blah like you could sell a pretty." absurd number of these yeah. books. So I was like, well, because that was, the other thing was, before Evernote was promoting it, that would have just been me like, when, what, I put it in the iBook store, I cut the price in half, and now I'm making a lot less money. But if Evernote's going to promote it, I can, it's changing the nature of the business, but I can make up in volume, famous last words, <laughs> what I, you know, am doing right now is a sort of a, a boutique, one-off, guy sells his own stuff thing. I thought long hard about it and talked about my wife and some people, and they were like, yeah, I think you should do it. And I agreed. So, did that and cut the price basically down by almost half, and kept selling it through my own site. But now it's going on sale through iBooks. And in order to mitigate the name and email address problem, I added a little. I've added a page to the end, to the um, beginning of the book where I, if you sign up on this one page of my website, you can get access to some other free stuff I've made, and you know only if you want to. But that's a way to get contact information for iBooks and Amazon customers too. And as far as the Kindle version, a couple of trusted friends were like. You know, when the, when the leaving the job move was becoming a reality and I sort of knew I was going to do it, they're like, look, Amazon is a massive bookstore and you're kind of dumb to not be in there. Even though if it doesn't fit with your whatever your business mantra, who cares? <laughs> like, you need to sell more books because you you're not going to have a job soon. <laughs> so <laughs> you should probably, you know, do that. So that was why the, uh, the Kindle version, it's only been up there for like a week or something, not very long.
0: Okay. Good. I don't feel as dumb now not uh noticing it originally and then thinking wait a second why is why am i feeling like i see that it's out there on kindle so
1: yeah i haven't I hadn't made a huge deal
0: about it i still haven't but i should, probably should well i mean people are going to hear this my small audience will hear this and say it's there so Sweet. Well, but but okay so here's the thing it's evernote essentials and it kind of to me what it does is it bridges that gap between this let's say super enthusiastic just Fanboy base for Amazon, or not Amazon, Evernote. And the people then that hear Evernote is so great, but they feel like they don't, it's so simple and so complicated at the same time because it can do so many things, but based off such a, a simple premise of, you know, ubiquitous. Capture and syncing that uh, it kind of bridges the ga- it bridges the gap between those two and shows you how you can do it, what you can do with it, and all of that. And again, it's almost like it. May, again, you wrote it as the missing manual that you needed. I am curious. If somebody were I mean you probably get here's the thing, you probably get this all the time. We're <laughs> like, "Yeah, I tried that Evernote thing, and uh I just I couldn't make it work for me or I, I didn't know what to do with it, or it became this just junk drawer, so you yeah. know, how do you one tell somebody that's new to it, that's never tried it, why they should try it, and two, how do you tell somebody who has tried it to give it a second chance?
1: For the second group, I'll answer that one first. Good. I generally don't like. Really? Yeah. I mean, well, I mean, I'm, I think Evernote's awesome, obviously, but I also think that everyone's different, and one man's trash, you know what I mean? Like, if, I, I'm not going to try to sell anybody on using it. Like, if you if you try it, I mean, obviously, give it, you know, give it more than thirty seconds, and if the book will help you understand what it can do. But you don't have to read the book. But like, there are plenty of resources out there that will show you what Evernote's capable of. But if once you kind of get the gist of what it does, and you're kind of like, eh, doesn't really fit with how I work. Awesome, that's totally okay. If you have something that works for you, then Godspeed, man. Enjoy it. I don't know. If someone asks me, like, you know, what's what's the what's the pitch for Evernote? Like, you know, like my mom or whatever. Like, I heard you like the Evernote thing. What? Tell me about it. It's like, well, you can put stuff in it, and it syncs to all of your stuff, and it's available everywhere, and it's free, and it works really well. And I use it for all sorts of stuff. Like, oh, like what? Well, you might use it for recipes if you like to cook. Or like, I, in the in the book itself, I actually outline a strategy for adopting it instead of just automatically lobbing your entire life into it in an afternoon and then trying to sift through the rubble later. It's like, pick one thing you want to use it for at first. Like, if you have a butt ton of you know oil change paperwork or gardening plans or schematics from missile silos or whatever, anything. Like, if you just pick one thing that you. Want to keep an Evernote and just get used to how the how the app works and how to find stuff, how to add stuff, and then once you've done that for a while, and if you like it, then add something else. Because people just wholesale—they get they buy a five hundred dollar scanner and they just scan their entire life into Evernote, and then they've got this big pile of PDFs and oddball notes they've typed, and there's no organization to it. And they then they then they hate Evernote because they can't find anything and they don't know you know they don't have a plan. So I guess that would be my thing: is pick one thing to use it for and then do so intentionally and. Learn how it works first and then add the rest of your life once you are familiar with the ins and outs.
0: So you've been using it for a while now. What are some of the things that you've found where it's just – what's the best usage tool that it's been for
1: you, I guess, is the best way I can put that? I have one of those $500 scanners I just joked about. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I know how to use it. And you're using it intentionally. And I'm using – yes, intentionally so. is, is all get out. Being able to search for PDFs that I've scanned still feels like magic to me. I do take a lot of, I closed it so it wouldn't sink and screw up our Skype thing, but let me have a lot of occasional phone calls with friends of mine who don't live around here. And I have like running topic lists that I'm going to talk to them about. I have all of my Amazon receipts automatically forwarded through this service called File This Fetch. So everything we've bought from Amazon in the last hour long, I have a receipt for it in here. What else?
0: What's like just the most abnormal, like somebody would think you're crazy for using Evernote this way thing you're, <laughs> do, thing you're doing with it? <laughs> Oh boy! <laughs> so it's pr- and it's probably normal to you, so I guess that's probably a hard question to answer. But yeah. yeah,
1: let me see. This is kind of an embarrassing one, sort of. But like, I use it to keep track of things. I'm going to confess to my priest, and I'm not joking.
0: That is okay. Very cool. Very yeah. cool way to put it.
1: Yep. Uh, let's see. So I have an assistant, a virtual assistant. Now that I hadn't f- didn't for years. Brought on this lady part time, and I have a lot of all the documentation for how to deal with the various customer problems I've I've been handling on my own, like customer didn't get her download information, customer wants a refund, customer wants X, Y, or Z, like the five or six almost constant questions I get as a customer support person, um, just documented all those and shared an Evernote notebook with my assistant, now she does it. So that's where our documentation lives, and I can update it, and obviously it syncs back to her. Yeah, it's really mostly just like project plans and um, I keep a lot of event-based notebooks from... Things that have happened in the past, like, uh, let's see, the Evernote Trunk Conference of 2012. There's a bunch of pictures of mm. the stage and the party and the people that were there and friends that I met and stuff like that. It's a lot of pictures, a lot of scanned documents, and a lot of one-off notes that I, you know, I, when I, my wife asked me to go get burritos for us a couple days ago. <laughs> so, you know, I hit Command-Control-N and started typing the burrito orders she wanted, that kind of thing. Nice. And the big and small is where, yeah, you know.
0: It sounds like, I mean, you're all over the place with it in a good way, and that's good. Um, so you did you do the thing where you kind of slowly added in different functionality to it here and there with, okay, I'm going to start, I'm now going to have all, I'm going to add my recipes to it. I'm going to add in, Yeah, you know, I,
1: I don't suppose that you're doing your actual, like, writing in there. No, uh, I did for a while. Actually, the most of the first version of Evernote Essentials was written in Evernote, believe it or not. But no, as far as, as, far as did I – was I tempered and <laughs> intentional about adding stuff? No, no. I was totally that guy who just unloaded everything into Evernote at once and then spent the next three years like organizing it. Beating it into submission. Yep, pretty much. And, and it's it, still – It's trained, sort of. No, no, it's barely <laughs> – it's, <laughs> it's, it's like the kid's closet. A lot of parts of my Evernote account are just like, don't even open that like because it will just collapse on you. So, I love I love hearing
0: about all these these messy quote unquote experts. It's like, yeah, you know what? I mean, I may ha- I may have wrote the book on it, but uh, you know,
1: <laughs> do as I say, do not as <laughs> I do, <laughs>
0: exactly. So, uh, I mean, that and so that's what I was going to ask you was, you know, so how is it that you've got? I mean, Evernote, Evernote has the capability to do this. It can keep all these different notebooks and and oh gosh, I'm going to mess up the terminology with like stacks and. Yep. Uh, tagging and and all these different things that allow you to get that functionality, that, that organizational functionality out of it. What are some of the ways that you're, you're at least beating this system into submission to where you can find this? I mean, it's easy enough to find the stuff. It's, it's all one search away, which is great. I mean, it's the Gmail archive just for, well, I guess you could have email in there too. I was just about to say it's, it's not for email, but it could be. And, and, and that's kind of where I'm using it at least for me is like, I am a very limited user of it, but it's where specific things that graduate from having been in my Gmail archive will go and live Mm. in the future. And that's kind of it. Like, it's like, I think of where's that archive of that thing? Well, it's, it's there instead of being in a, a word doc or a, or a pages doc or whatever. On my my Mac, it lives in Evernote, so I have access to it everywhere. But uh, it's, that's the limited amount; like, I won't go much further than that, just because I'm scared of throwing way too much stuff in there. Right? I don't know.
1: Well, as far as I'm going to embarrass myself further, I guess. But um, okay. I
0: mean, we're already there. You may <laughs> yeah. keep going. So. Yeah,
1: I've, I've already ruined everything. Yes. So
0: <laughs> you can uh, you can write these things down as more confessions for later. <laughs> I think it's hilarious that I just pictured you like just sitting in the confession booth saying something along the lines of, yeah, I embarrassed myself letting people know I don't know anything about Evernote. Even I wrote a book about it. And
1: anyways, like what's funny is when I during confession, I actually have like my iPad with me and I read the I read it out of Evernote.
0: Everybody's productivity system is is as as good as they maintain it. So how do you yes. maintain your
1: Evernote? I have a, a bunch of notebooks. A couple that I one is called Archive. One is called DMZ from when I had like an inbox notebook that was with a thousand things in it. And I have a new inbox notebook with the strategy that I you know promote is have a have a notebook where everything shows up first, and then mm-hmm. just massage it to however you want it to look, and then put it where it goes. Now I do that very rarely because I'm just a I'm I'm bad at this stuff. But um, I do I am a lot better at keeping like topical. Notebooks, like, I, you know, taxes. I keep my tax stuff. I never know. Don't hack my account. Um, and, like, resources for learning how to use my – learning how to use, like, um, OmniFocus better, for example. I'm looking through this list going, man, you are really – you should not be writing books about this stuff at all.
0: So let me, let me say something about that. I think that yeah. – I mean, you're – I've read the book. I know that getting started and getting up and running and, and maintaining are, are part of it. I think – it's what you're describing in terms of you know hey don't don't look at what I do, do what i say it's it's that we all have that natural tendency to you know i mean it's it's the whole entropy thing you know right I mean if you don't maintain it it it's gonna slowly wind down and you know you've gotta once in a while reassess and and maybe do a a recalibration or a you know wind your watch and and or you said omnifocus, we've talked about g t d the weekly review, yeah so I mean, do you have any kind of rituals in place that you do like that?
1: I have ones that I would like to do that. I only recently have found the time to do them um, or have the time has become available for me to do them. Don't get me wrong. Like near the top of my list of things to do ongoing is fix (laughs) and maintain properly my Evernote stuff, but it's just gotten way out of control.
0: So I'm curious to your writer now. I guess we can move away from Evernote a little bit. Other than you know, just to say that the book's out there, the links will be in the show notes. Uh, it'll it'll be beyond the to do list. dot com slash seventy two, and so everybody can go there and because and, I'm sure people still don't
1: have the book. So well, now that I now that I, now that I spent the last few minutes thoroughly convincing them that <laughs> I have zero credibility, this is the best commercial ever. Yep.
0: Okay, well, even if they don't take your endorsement, they can take mine (laughs) and uh, know that I've read it. It's available in Kindle and iBooks and even directly from Brett himself. And again, those links will be in the show notes. I can't stress enough. It's a tool. It's almost a – I would say it's almost the productivity Swiss Army knife in a sense, and that's why so many people love it but again if you're only i mean you can use it for just the one little knife or just the little can opener to you know whatever but it's got all that other functionality i think that's maybe that that analysis paralysis or decision fatigue kind of sets in and it's like i can do so much with it i don't know what to do with it at all and then they you know people throw their hands up you know right right so i think it's an amazing tool i think that uh i've decided what i'm using it for and i have no guilt about that anymore and so i'm good with it and I use other tools for other things. and Sure. You know, but I was going to say, what, you're now, obviously, you're your you're own employer. You're your own boss at this point. What's what's the future look like? Like, where are, you, where are you headed? Where are you going? I mean, I don't know. I know you're working on stuff, but you're probably not at liberty to share too much of it. Well, but, uh,
1: not to be all like, I can't say anything yet, but like, <laughs> I've...
0: I didn't sign the non-disclosure degree. Right. So.
1: <laughs> That's why I haven't disclosed anything. Yes. Okay. Um, but I, I, I just know that I've said, "Yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna build something like this," and I just don't, and I look like an idiot. So I've decided to, you know, what, we're just gonna, not gonna say things like that until things are mostly done, until they're about ready to be shown. Nice. Then we'll show them. I've got a couple of uh, other ideas for other books I want to write. I'm gonna update Evernote Essentials first thing. So in the next month or so, um, and. I don't know. Like, I'm going to start just writing more on my own site, on other people's sites if they'll <laughs> if they'll sell <laughs> they'll their good you. names. Yeah, <laughs>
0: <laughs> you're at nerdgap.com, right? Yes. Okay. Correct. So nerdgap.com. Everybody go there again. Going back to the hey, go buy the book thing, and I don't mean to do that, but you mentioned you were updating it, and everybody would get that update, correct? Right. Like the correct. Kindle, the iBook, the PDF. Yep. They, everybody gets the automatic update when you push one out. So. You don't have to. I, I I just don't want somebody to hesitate and say, "Oh, well, he's updating it. I'll wait." You get the update. Get, yeah, they're
1: get, all free.
0: Yeah, get the one now, and you get the up the update, the upgrade, whatever to it later for free. So yep. So you're gonna yeah. update that first, and then yes, work on yeah. your blog work on. and work on mm-hmm. blogging for others, and yeah, appear,
1: I, appear on more podcasts. That's right. Just to <laughs> build my personal brand. Um, <laughs> no. <laughs> Well joking aside, like I think that is sort of like, okay, well now I am the I'm the one in charge of making you know, making true. the money and stuff, so I need to I need people to like me. And I need people to think that what I do is good. And you know, it's an unfortunate fact.
0: <laughs> like, there's there's the tweet that I'll quote from the show. I, I need people to like me. I need people to buy my stuff. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, no, it's <laughs> sad but true. It's at least honest, you know. Right. So. Right. Well, you know, I'm not gonna I'm not pandering, I'm like just right. I mean, I'm going to be mean if you don't like the stuff that I make. That's totally okay. But I, you know, the the greater number of people who hear about what I make, then the better chance that there is of me actually being able to feed my family for a while. So, mm-hmm. it's yeah, it feels like selling out a little bit, which I kind of hate that term. But it's okay for me to want to earn a living and to make things that I think people will like and to encourage them to buy those things because it benefits me. Like I don't think there's anything. Immoral or sleazy about that. You know, nope. Definitely, there are tactical ways of making it gross, but totally, you know, just on principle, I think those things are fine, and I'm not, I'm not defensive about it, even though I sound like I might be. <laughs> Leave me alone, Eric. I'm sorry. Um, I'm just
0: well. You're defensive about wanting to not come across as a car a car salesman, so right. That's and nobody's accusing you of that except yourself.
1: Yeah, yeah just me. Yeah. So it's mostly me convincing myself that what I'm doing is okay. <laughs> you, you'll get there. Yeah. <laughs> I, I believe in you. So. Thank you.
0: Uh, all right. Well, um, I think we're coming near the end of our time here. So uh, let's see. We talked about your, your journey. We talked about – I hate that word. Crap. What did I – see, now I'm using words that I shouldn't. So
1: That's what I do, dude. Um, I show up and I ruin the conversation. There
0: you go. I, I think that – so what's something that's exciting you right now? Like wh- what are some, some apps out there? What are some – you know, people that are they're writing or doing good work that uh, maybe you want to take a moment and shine the spotlight on them.
1: OmniFocus Two is sort of a no-brainer. That's been out for a few days. I've been playing I've around with that myself. I love it. I kind of there's parts that I wish were different, but I'm looking forward to doing a lot of more Apple Scripty stuff with OmniFocus now. I wish Eddie Smith would write more from PracticallyEfficient.com. Mm-hmm. He's awesome mactrtr.com if you like mac stuff Gabe is really good and really like snarky and sassy he's awesome. <laughs> Are you like a mac guy? Like a I am.
0: I, I'm through and through a mac person and not from the fanboy stance so much as I moved I gradually moved every piece of equipment over to the iOS or OS OSX. Right. Persuasion <laughs> uh, a couple years ago and and never looked back and it's just everything's I mean, I don't want to sound trite, but it it does just work at least a yeah. lot a lot better than it used to, right? Uh, for me, so
1: reason I ask is I'm not sure how much of your how many of your listeners are like Mac enthusiast types. I'm sure
0: there's a bunch, but okay. uh,
1: hmm, I'll, I'll need to do a listener survey. Okay, I'm trying to think of more <laughs> <I'm> like people, <laughs> uh, man. I, 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 I never asked uh, Federico.
0: Yeah, uh, oh, yeah. Over at maxstories.com. Mac, I like the way he. He presents his reviews and and I follow him on Twitter. Yeah, he's a great um, guy. I'm trying
1: to think of who else. Stephen Hackett at Five Twelve Pixels is good. Uh huh. Although you know he's he's funny. He's a very yeah. good friend of mine. We're going to see each other next week, and cool. I'm, in, I'm going to be in San Francisco for it's WWDC. WWDC. It's oh, fun. I forgot that that's next week. I'm I am I'm
0: I almost bought a a, a new MacBook and I held off. I good call. I made <laughs> do, and this one's going to you know make do for a while but uh it's going to across the finish line yeah it will yeah
1: let's see more people chase reeves i love you chase
0: chase will be on the show sometime in the next Uh, awesome couple weeks or so so that that's going to probably be the weirdest episode ever but whatever (laughs) you get your mute button or your your bleep ready (laughs) i'm ready yeah
1: (laughs) no he's chase is a very good friend of mine and i love the crap out of him and he's hilarious beyond that just, I like Twitter. Like, I, I spent a lot more time there than I than I originally thought I would. Yeah. Like, over the years, and I just, that's where my, especially being a, a home worker guy who doesn't, isn't surrounded by coworkers, I hang out on Twitter a lot. So, you should come say hi if yeah, your, you're if hearing your this. My water cooler.
0: My so water cooler. Yeah. We're, your name is not uh, Brett Kelly on Twitter. So, let's correct
1: that. It's inscrutable. Uh, so, it's I N K E D M N. So, oh, Inked Man. Yep. See, I get it. Yeah. I thought
0: well, it almost looked like LinkedIn.
1: Somebody Sorry. called it, somebody wrote it linked MN the other day, which <laughs> made me laugh. Yeah, no, that's that was my my very first email address that my friend created for me in like 1997 on uh, Yahoo was inked MN at yahoo.com, which won't work now if you try it. But that name is just sort of always available when, whenever I sign up for a new service or anything. So that was my Twitter name. And I figured I'm never going to have to say this out loud. Who cares how it's pronounced? Right. And, and then here we are. So, yeah. yes, it's embarrassing. But yeah. So come, come say, come say, hey, hey. I, I will. Oh, you, okay. meant, you meant the listeners. I meant okay. everyone. Yeah, well, then. you already did. We've, I know. We've gotten that past that part, I think.
0: <laughs> so yeah, we've we've pointed to the books, uh, Nerdgap.com, Go there. Subscribe to the blog. Say hi on Twitter.
1: Yeah, that's that. that's about it. Yeah. No, I, I lead a pretty boring internet existence.
0: <laughs> oh, I was, I was like, why Inked Man? It's because you have all the tattoos.
1: Yes. Yes, I've lost. I, have I, was, lots of I knew there, there
0: was some thought that the, I was like ramble on until the thought comes out, and then <laughs> it will come, and it did. Yep. So
1: found it. Yeah. No, I have I have tattoos all over me. Not you know no nowhere a judge can see if I'm in a suit, but <laughs> um, yes, nice. most of the places. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah.
0: All right, Brett. Um, it's been awesome talking to you. Let's not make this the only time, and uh, hopefully, sometime I'll get to hang out in person because we know a lot of the same people, which is yeah. weird. So,
1: dude. Awesome! Thank you for having me. This has been really fun. Yeah, I you're it. welcome.
0: And uh, I was going to tell you, hey, say something funny because I've been listening to way too many Nerdist podcasts lately, <laughs> where they do the thing at the end where they say, "Enjoy your burrito." So that's totally inappropriate here. Uh, have you ever listened to that?
1: Uh, I've heard a couple of episodes, but no, okay. I'm not a regular listener now. Yeah, I've just been
0: listening. I I did a road trip a week ago, and I listened to about like six or seven of them in a row. And oh, nice. Anyway. <laughs> so not to steal somebody else's tagline brett
1: thanks for coming on the show (laughs) you're welcome thank you for having me
0: (laughs) well i hope you enjoyed listening in and uh, yeah i hadn't had somebody who was you know full-on quote-unquote evernote guru-esque definitely go check out evernote essentials the link's to the various ways that you can get that are in the show notes for this episode, which is beyondthetodolist.com slash 72. And from there, again, you'll be able to link, get links to all the different versions, the Kindle version, the iBooks version, which I personally have, and even the PDF copy. And I also want to say thank you to Boomerang for Gmail. Again, don't forget to try out for free Boomerang Professional for 60 days. Go to boomeranggmail.com slash to-do, that's boomeranggmail.com slash T-O-D-O, and you can get Boomerang Professional for Gmail for 60 days. Are you enjoying this podcast? I know I am, but uh, are you, as a listener enjoying this show, maybe you are and you've just never taken the time to go do that iTunes review that you always say, yeah, you know, I should probably go do that. Well, no matter how you're listening, write yourself a note, make yourself a to-do list and then go beyond it. Go to beyondthetodolist.com slash iTunes. Remember to do that later if you're like driving or running or jogging or whatever. Go click on five stars, the furthest star to the right, or you can leave feedback in the form of a review letting me know how you enjoyed this episode. I try not to ask as often these days people get sick of, Hey, go do this, go do that. Well, you know, if you enjoy this podcast and you haven't done it before, that's your cue. Hop on over, go to iTunes, do that. Heck go to Stitcher as well. If you're listening in Stitcher, I love Stitcher. So anyway, again, thank you so much for listening. And I really appreciate you listening all the way to the end. Talk to you later.